Welcome to Nationwide Market Insights for September 20th, 2023. The Fed sticks with their higher for longer outlook. The FOMC held rates steady at its September meeting today, but kept a tightening bias for the remainder of the year. The Fed also signaled that monetary policy would remain restrictive well into 2024 and maybe even into 2025. What did we hear from Chair Powell today? And how does that alter our outlook for interest rates over the next year? This is Brian Kirk, and with me today to digest the latest from the Fed are Nationwide's Chief Economist, Kathy Bostancic, and Senior Economist, Ben Ayers. Kathy, let's hear from you first. You've taken a look at the policy statement and the revised interest rate forecast. What were your key takeaways regarding the Fed's board guidance? Well, thanks, Brian. The Fed, as we had expected, is still leaning hawkish, and the forward guidance was clearly hawkish, maybe even a bit more than than we expected. What they're really signaling is there's going to be a higher for longer rate path. That's something that has already been introduced to the financial markets, but what we saw particularly is that they not only 12 of of the 19 members of the FOMC, not only did they see one more rate hike this year, the median dot plot estimate was raised 50 basis points for, for next year and 2025. So that that higher for for longer rate path it, you know suggests that this time is quite different in that they'll get rates nominal rates to a certain level hold it there and keep it restrictive for for far longer than and in the past and and the reason being really is that inflation is is remaining elevated and quite sticky yes we've seen some encouraging readings on the inflation front but when you when you look forward and, and particularly even look at the fed's forecast or revised forecast for inflation they don't actually see inflation getting back to the 2% target into 2026 so that really informs their their rate uh, projections now interestingly though when chairman powell spoke in the press conference i, I thought he sounded less hawkish maybe a bit more balanced than the updated you know interest rate forecast and and he may have potentially taken that that tone to try to offset some potential reaction in the financial markets you know that could potentially send bond yields significantly higher in the sense that he also was saying that it's not clear you know we're, we're he, he sort of saying it's not clear we'll have to necessarily further you know increase rates further and and these interest rate projections are really just a snapshot of where we think rates can be or whether fed thinks rates could be based on uh in coming data and the the expectation of how quickly inflation slows um but he more i think importantly seemed to try tie the the higher rate path to stronger growth. So not necessarily that they think inflation's going to overshoot their expectations, because in, in fact, when you look at their forecast for inflation, they, they didn't really change um, the profile there very much. But what he's saying is higher 
growth means that interest rates should be higher. Now, of course, implicit there is the idea that, well, inflation could be even stickier if growth doesn't slow down. But it was interesting how he tied it more to growth. And if you look at the reaction of financial markets, you see that it's really real yields, not inflation expectations, that are driving um, higher higher yields in the market. And when you look particularly at, at the two-year note, that's where we saw the, the biggest movement, I would say, today. And that, that two-year yield rising to its highest since 2006 is based on the idea that the Fed uh, is going to keep rates uh, higher here, especially over the, over the next year. So I think, again, bottom line, I think, the rate forecast um, and even Powell emphasizing that we're going to see high rates for longer, but Powell may be sounding a bit more inclined to tie to 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 growth and and not so much worry about inflation. It may also be that you know Powell's dot was in the among the seven who think the Fed is done raising rates this year. That also sets up an interesting dynamic, right? It sets us up looking at the November and December meeting saying, are we going to see more of a, a schism here among the FOMC? Right now, there was no dissenters at this meeting. They all voted to keep rates unchanged. But are we going to see more dissents or some division uh, among the FOMC? So I think once they come out of this blackout period uh, following this policy meeting, it could be quite interesting um, and instructive to hear the different Fed commentary. It may also mean that the markets spin around their heads, or at least investors' heads, trying to figure out, you know, who's what in a dot uh, on the interest rate um, spectrum, because there may not be as much a, a alignment. Thanks, Kathy. Now, Ben, we also received the Fed's quarterly summary of economic projections. What changes did we see from the June projections, and what did the FMC signal from the latest estimates? Sure. Let's start with the uh, the macroeconomic side of the summary of economic projections. And I think not surprising to many folks that were expecting some changes here, the, the Fed really leaned into the soft landing scenario when you look out over the next couple of years. You know, they, they increased the change in real GDP for 2023 from 1% up to 2.1%. Pretty big increase, but not a surprise given the length and the extension of the expansion, especially the stronger growth that we've seen in the middle stages of 2023. But it was they also raised growth in 2024, expecting one and a half percent growth rather than 1.1 percent as of June, and, and and that really reflects itself in the unemployment rate projections as well. They, before they were expecting a rise in unemployment from you know in the middle stage this year where we hit three and a half percent up to four and a half percent. Now they're showing the unemployment rate at 4.1 percent, which is really not much different than the long-run average of 4% that the Fed has. So again, leaning into that soft landing, expecting that be a little bit of a rise in unemployment rate, but still 4.1% is a pretty low rate, and seeing the economy actually settle about that longer-run growth expectation and that one5 to 1.8% growth. So again, Fed really forecasting a soft landing, much more so than a hard landing or a recession as you look out over the next year in particular. Um, Kathy already talked about this a little bit. We didn't see too much 
change in the inflation expectations aside from just marking to market for where the PC price indices have come in so far in 2023. Still expecting that both those readings will be elevated even at the end of 2024, a little bit above the Fed's goal at 25 to 2.6% respectively. And then finally getting down to, as Kathy mentioned, down to the range within the 2%, but not until 2026. So again, emphasizing the lengthiness of the inflation surge that we're seeing and the stickiness of many factors there, particularly on the services side, driving core PCE inflation to remain above their 2% target for likely a couple more years by the estimation from the Fed. Uh, and the final thing is obviously those Fed funds rate projections. As Kathy mentioned, it's really the biggest news maker that we got with the updates from June to September. Um, as Kathy very well laid out, you know, most of the the Fed officials were expecting one more rate hike still. Um, that's unchanged from where they were in June, but there was some conversation about maybe we would see it shift the other way, that maybe we would have uh, more of the, the Fed estimates showing uh, no more rate hikes rather than actually seeing one more. So clearly, they're still signaling that they're willing to go higher on rates, potentially at one of the last two meetings of the FOMC this year. Um, but it really was those movements in 24 and 25 where we saw 50 basis points added. So as of this point, the Fed is only projecting two two rate cuts over 2024. So really not much of a meaningful change in monetary policy and remaining in a very restrictive stance by their estimations by the end of next year. And even when you get to the end of 2025, still seeing it uh, with a median estimate of 3.9%, which is you know, sizably above their own longer run estimates of the neutral rate of about two and a half percent. So, you know, if this forecast does play out, especially with a soft landing um, and not in a cooling of inflation, but in an environment where you're not actually seeing a downturn, I mean, the Fed expects to keep rates pretty high for quite some time. Obviously, that depends on that forecast of a soft landing. And if things move in the negative direction, the, the Fed will certainly be willing to cut rates more than what they've shown right now. Um, but clearly emphasizing that higher for longer approach, which really extends out, I think, much further than we thought, extending even into 24, 25, and then even into 2026, where they still see the federal funds rate at 2.9% at the end of the year, which again, that's higher than that neutral longer run rate that they have of 2.5%. So, again, uh, some changes here that were a little surprising, um, not uh, too surprising given the, the, the mode of where we see inflation going and expecting that to be sticky. But still, it's something that will be, be very closely watched as we look out over the next year. Well, thank you, Ben. So, Kathy, we just heard Ben talk about the median forecast from Fed officials now shows that only two rate cuts um, could happen over 2024. So does that align with our outlook for policy next year? And if not, what's the disconnect between the two? Good question, Brian. We are actually looking for more rate cuts next year than the Fed is projecting at this point. And it's really predicated largely on the fact that we see um, high odds still for a recession next year. Although we think it will be mild, we are not as optimistic as as Ben described as as the Fed Reserve right now. We we think nailing that soft landing is is more difficult. We see growth closer to half a percent by the end of of next year, as opposed to the Fed now seeing one point five percent. And we also see the unemployment rate trending higher. You know, 
again, as Ben said, you know, they they've right now barely have the unemployment rate rising, and and it's just around um, their long run neutral forecasts of about four percent. So we see it going up closer to to five percent. So in that light, we see um, slower growth higher unemployment. And also, as part of that, we think that inflation could continue to trend lower. Now, we're in agreement that it will be gradual and sticky. But when you weight all the risk and you see the labor market easing more than, than they're anticipating right now, that would suggest that they could cut rates a, a bit more. And um, you know, we, we could see them cutting rates actually more than even a full percent. Now, that will be fully dependent, though, uh, and determined by inflation. If inflation proves to be even stickier, then the Fed will certainly be slower. And it's worth noting that even our forecast is less than what a typical Taylor rule would suggest. And it's also slower than what they would have historically um, done in, in terms of, of cutting rates. Um, and the reason being because inflation is still well above uh, the, the 2% target and is likely to be, even in our forecast, um, you know, through, you know, really not getting back to the, the 2% as until 2026. So we're, you know, largely in, in agreement there. But I think what's going to be key is that the Fed doesn't have to wait until inflation is back to 2% to feel comfortable removing some of this restrictiveness. As Ben indicated, if the neutral rate, they believe it's two and a half, we think it's two, but if it's two and a half, you have a lot of room between the, the rate now, uh, you know, over 5% to, to two and a half percent. It doesn't mean you get right back to neutral, but you could start removing some of the restrictiveness, again, assuming we do see a slower or a deeper downturn than the Fed currently expects. Thank you, Kathy. Ben, let's come back to you. Now, Kathy just mentioned that we're seeing high odds for a recession next year, but the Fed's forecasts are including a soft landing for the economy. So how credible is a soft landing scenario right now? Yeah, I mean, that's that's really the biggest question that we're, I think, many participants, the Fed included, are, are still trying to grapple with at the moment. You know, you look at their own inf- internal forecast with a you know 1.5% GDP growth, 4.1% unemployment rate, but they have the inflation rate decreasing from, you know, the mid to lower threes down to a 2.5%. And personally, I don't find that scenario particularly credible given many of the pressures that or we see within the inflation realm. I, you know, I think that if you do see the unemployment rate maybe go up a little bit, but sit around 4%, uh, that to me implies that wage pressure is still going to be quite strong. We're still seeing a scenario where, you know, job openings are much wider than the number of unemployed workers, and there's still about one and a half openings for every unemployed worker. And in that scenario, I just don't see where you see wage growth slowing enough to credibly slow the services side of the inflation story back to 2%. Uh, You know, I do think we need to see the unemployment rate go higher in order to actually get back to 2%. You know, the history would say that 4% is a pretty low rate. And I think something more in the four and a half to maybe we touch a 5% rate over the next year would get us back to 2%. I'm just not sure the scenario that the Fed shows in their current SEP would really play out to see inflation get to that low level. So to me, I focus on the labor market. You know, I think if we do see the unemployment rate rise more than what the Fed shows, that would be a more credible scenario for inflation 
inflation getting back the trend and eventually seeing the Fed start to ease. And I think in either way, if we don't see the unemployment rate go down very much, I think that puts too much pressure on inflation. The Fed might have to go higher with rates. And eventually that would end up leading to a recession as well. So, you know, I think in my book, Without the Fed really moving in a downward direction on rates, I just don't see how that leads to a soft landing, given the history of what we've seen. You know, the, the past eight cycles, we've seen that the Fed has been able to get a soft landing twice. In each of those scenarios, they actually cut rates ahead of seeing the downturn happen. And, and yet again, if there's they're projecting out not many rate cuts, if any, next year, uh, that again, lends itself more to a hard landing than a soft landing. I don't know, Kathy, do you have anything else you'd like to add to those thoughts? I, I agree with you, Ben, and I, I think you make some really good points there. It, it it does not seem as if the forecast comes full circle. To get their soft landing forecast, although I think Chairman Powell in the press conference was careful to say, well, when asked, is that your base case, even though that's what is presented as part of the median forecast, he was careful not to to own that as the base case. He, he said, once again, I always thought, saw there was a credible path uh, to a soft landing. It may be narrow, but it was credible. And, and our forecasts reflect the fact that growth has been stronger, the labor market has been more resilient, and we could get there. But at the same time, he he also you know talked about lots of of headwinds still facing the economy, um, and those are still there. And as you said, rightfully so, that if if they're going to keep rates higher for longer, that is going to be a depressant impact on economic activity because as inflation trends lower, real rates go higher. And I think it's also worth noting it's hard for the economy to really sustain itself when we're probably going to have continued um, weakness in the housing market. These, With rates going higher both acro- across the curve and mortgage rates probably going back up above 7%, hard to get much positive impact from, from housing. And, and then if you think about corporations are really hitting maturity wall next year. Um, So, so far they've been able, they've locked into low financing rates, but when they go to refinance next year, they're going to be facing significantly higher rates unless the Fed comes in and and, and reduces uh, the policy rates significantly, which is what they're saying they won't do. So I agree with you. It's just hard to kind of square that circle and get that soft, that perfect soft landing without the Fed actually cutting rates. And I think, you know, we both feel comfortable with a call for the recession. The question is really kind of how deep in, in our minds. Well, Kathy and Ben, thank you both for a great breakdown of today's FOMC meeting. Looks like they're going to be higher for longer. In fact, tune in next week. As we take a closer look at the housing market, especially with the mortgage rates still rising, like Kathy said, now above 7%. What is our outlook for the housing market for the rest of the year? We'll talk about that in our next episode. So make sure you hit that subscribe button so you can be notified of each new episode. Until next time, for Nationwide Market Insights, this is Brian Kirk. 
information provided by Nationwide Economics is general in nature and not intended as investment or economic advice or a recommendation to buy or sell any security or adopt any investment strategy. Additionally, it does not take into account any specific investment objectives, tax, or financial condition, or particular needs of any specific person. The economic and market forecasts reflect our opinion as of the date of this report and are subject to change without notice. These forecasts show a broad range of possible outcomes. Because they are subject to high levels of uncertainty, they will not reflect actual performance. We obtain certain information from sources deemed reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, completeness, or fairness. Nationwide and the Nationwide N and Eagle are service marks of the Nationwide Mutual Insurance Company. Copyright 2023 Nationwide.